Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. Our guests this week are Molly and Izzy Seidel, sisters, runners, and roommates who came on the podcast remotely to talk about training together, napping separately, and how to run your slowest mile. Molly is a Saucony runner and graduate of Notre Dame who's recently made headlines by qualifying for the 2021 Olympics in her first ever marathon. Izzy is a teammate of mine on Tracksmith Harry C and a graduate and runner for Northwestern University. And both women are Wisconsin natives who now live and train in Boston. This week's episode was actually recorded a couple months ago, but we chose not to release it as initially scheduled out of respect for the work being done by the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests over George Floyd and Breonna Taylor's deaths. We're releasing it now in advance of this weekend's movement race series where Molly will be racing for the first time since the trials. The race is raising money for Good Sports, a nonprofit in Massachusetts that expands access to sports and outdoor activities for children in low-income communities. You can stream the race live on the City of Smag Instagram tomorrow evening, streamed and announced by yours truly, and learn more on the City of Smag website. I'll put links to the meet info and how to donate in the episode description, and until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. I'm starting because this is this is things that we need to you know be documenting. This is tiny gold right here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's did you you didn't ever do the donut mile, right? It was just no, James never, and Tommy. No, I've never done one, so I'm sure it's just like so painful. She I've doesn't done, want it to ruin donuts for her. Yeah, if anything, because I've done beer miles, but yeah, I donuts are like a donuts are sacred to me so i don't want to like tarnish their good name by i had just a, showing them in the mouth a friend a that did an eggnog mile and she couldn't eggnog so I, i've done chocolate milk and it's i actually think it's better than a beer mile but i also really don't like drinking carbonated things fast so i've just never tried i've only watched a beer mile so maybe they're not fun like they're they just feel horrible they're fun to watch but i don't know if i want to partake (laughs) (laughs) well uh on that note welcome to run your mouth long run talk for long talking runners um this is unprecedented um much like everything else these days yeah um but we are actually recording our first episode uh remotely so uh due to the magic of podcasting software uh i'm joined this week by molly and izzy seidel happy to be here yes do our voices sound different Uh, we'll have to like (laughs) test test molly's fan base to see if they can recognize her on sound this is molly um the beer mile uh Beer mile record holder at Notre Dame. And this is Izzy, who has not done a beer mile. So. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. I don't hold any records yet. <laughs> I Moving into this, I hear that this is your like 45th podcast uh, since the trials. Yeah, but more or less. I feel like at this point, I'm just professional like podcast. I do want to say to all the listeners... Way back when, when Molly was in Flagstaff, this was before the trials, David, we were at the track house, and David was like, I would love to have you guys on the podcast. So 
you wanted her on the podcast before she was a big deal. Oh, I've been trying to get you guys on forever. Yeah. So you, we said we would give you the exclusive and that didn't happen. But technically, this is the first Seidel Sister podcast. It's going to be the best one. That's the... I'm going to ask really unique questions that no one's asked before. Like, yes. so you used to work in a coffee shop. Oh, my God. Tell, tell us about your entire story. Start from yeah. when you first started running. Um, Walk us through the race, Molly. Yeah, exactly. So what did it feel like to run your first marathon? <laughs> That's uh, We can cover all of those um, by listening to other podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are approximately 46 of them out there, probably. Yeah. Perfect. I will say I, one of the questions we ask on here is is our first impressions of people. And I distinctly remember the, I think like probably not the first time I'd ever heard of Molly, but I think the first time I was like, this girl's cool <laughs> was somehow on my Instagram discover feed. We must've been in college at the time. Um, it was a photo of you running a turkey trot in a turkey oh, costume. See that that had to have been right after NCAA cross yeah. or so. Cause that was like, yeah, the week after cross country nationals, I had my felt Turkey costume. And we just showed up at yeah. the Turkey trot. It was like a children's costume. And I it, just, I just remember seeing that and being like, this girl's cool. <laughs> I love that. That's like your, your barrier yeah. from like, <laughs> cool or not. No, you know, what was great about that race was so Molly and I did it together. Molly obviously is like in, amazing shape and I had been coming back from an injury and so she did the race with me and like pretty much paced me and we crossed the finish line at the same time but they said that Molly won it was so bad <laughs> one so, by a feather what one yeah, by a feather, yeah, one by a feather. Oh, exactly like I'm not hurt I, I don't think they'll let me wear that for Manchester road race yeah. now so I think my my tradition of running in a turkey costume probably has come to an end unless I like warm up and cool down in it. I w- I would love to see like what would happen if you tried. Oh my gosh. I I wonder like, if, if you think about it. Bad. Who's going to be the person that's like take it off. Ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, off. you cannot wear like, that felt no, turkey you costume. You wear the felt costume then like put your racing foot over it. No, but that's the thing. So, like, that, I think that'll be the problem. Would be the sockety issue. Yeah, exactly. But like, the problem is, is like that costume is hell to run in. Like, felt is not neither <laughs> nor warm. It so like it's like you're piece. both like clammy and like also super cold. And it's not aerodynamic. Like it has a wingspan. It, yeah. So whoever's listening, like, go go on Molly's Instagram. Like, scroll back. Maybe find this photo. We'll we'll like to, um post it when we when we post the episode or something yeah just put that as the header she's worn it like a few years in a row so there's definitely a few pictures out there yeah so. i just i always feel bad for the manchester road race because I, i've never done it and so inevitably i'm watching it at my parents house instead of the thanksgiving day parade and i'm like <laughs> in my pajamas drinking coffee watching like everyone like run up a giant hill while freezing mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I love that race, though. Like, I love that just kind of, like, hilly, just, like, 
really kind of like ridiculously like hard course. It's a wild course. It's a absolutely wild <laughs> course. You you get up the top. I'm sensing you. a theme in uh, courses that you like. Yeah, exactly. I I just love the absolute like worst ones. Yeah. <laughs> Where was when you won NCAA's? Was it in Lexington? Yeah. So it, yeah, or it was or Louisville. Yeah. Um, which isn't realistically like that hard of a course. It's kind of a weird Yeah, that's like an easier course than, than the other ones. Well, that's the thing. I feel like NCAA cross country, like it's basically just becoming like track on grass. Like the we had a long drawn out argument maybe a week or two ago on a run with John about like what quantifies like cross country. And I went into like a deep like manifesto about like what I classify as true cross country. Because Molly has raced true cross country. Well, I was gonna say, what is true cross country? That's the kind of content that like this podcast exists for. Okay. So hit us with a manifesto. We're we're gonna get like deep running nerd on this one. But I guess my my qualification for like real cross country, if we're saying like European cross country as the standard of what cross is, is that there has to be like some, I don't know, technical confounding factor that makes it more difficult than what you would experience in a normal track or road race. So say some sort of mud element, you probably are jumping over something. Maybe there's a stream crossing, definitely Mm -hmm. some super steep hills and like hard technical terrain. So like, I would definitely say racing at Franklin Park is more similar to European cross than like racing at University of Wisconsin because I was gonna say you would you would have loved uh, Club Nats this year. Okay, Okay. if I hadn't just run a half the week before, then I one hundred percent would have jumped in that race. Like I, I wanted (laughs) to be in that race. (laughs) That race sucked. I'm not gonna lie. That there like nothing about that race was. Fun. Until yeah, I do feel like this is this is the 10k runner coming out, which in fairness you get more of a claim to like ownership over cross, but I feel like the the converted miler and, and Izzy and some of the other yeah. folks who run cross are like, uh, I think cross country should be flatter. Uh, there so many points where I was like, I could just stop right now and be done. <laughs> and had it worked because they had like obviously the women had already torn up the course and then you guys had to run like a Worst course that was also longer. So and it was straight yeah. like pouring rain. Raining. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. I think that's got to be that's got to be the worst cross country conditions I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Like, I think like Boston twenty eighteen was the overall worst like yeah. weather, but that's obviously not a cross country race. Well, that was true cross country. That was so. true cross country. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. It's going to be in like California now. Oh. So in, I want to say San Francisco. So definitely not Lehigh, but more of a destination location. But <laughs> I do think it's like, it right. makes it interest. It makes, it emphasizes the things about cross country that make cross country interesting compared with road racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because like, like, it's an guys... element of difficulty that's added to it so that like the person who's the best 10K runner on the track isn't necessarily going to be the best 10K cross-country runner. Yeah. Did you guys watch um, that the World Cross where it was like in Denmark? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was like... Bonkers. Legitimately one of the coolest sporting yeah. events I've ever that's seen. That's cross-country. 
Yeah. So it was actually pretty cool when I was just over in Ethiopia in November. Um, my my friend who I stay with, she her sister is married to one of the guys who was on like the Ethiopian relay team that won. So we were just like hanging at their house, and he's like, "God is freaking metal." And we like rewatched the race that he was in because I was like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" He's like, "Oh yeah, I've got it on my phone. Do you want to watch it?" And it's just like it's crazy to watch what they were running through, like whether it's like the sand pit or up like the roof of that museum that was just like the most insane pitch. That, that roof was so crazy. Yeah, I I think that's what the sport kind of needs, though. Like that kind of like just crazy stuff and like from a visual perspective yeah it was way more interesting than just watching a flat road race you know yeah exactly so i don't know i feel like that's like that's a cool kind of race like i don't know we'll we'll see what the world cross course is like this um what is it this coming march so yeah where is it supposed to be is it china this year no no it's australia so Mm. it's like bathroom australia yeah, it was. Did, didn't they do? Did you ever run NXN high school? No, I was. I only ever did nationals one year, and it was just Foot Locker. But I know because yeah, they won it. Yeah, but like NXN was like, wasn't it on like a dog track or something? So it was like super like muddy. Well, I don't. I don't know if it changes. And frankly, at this point, it's like been so long since I've been in high school. But like, yeah, because yeah, when it was in Oregon, they would like put hay bales on the course and yeah. stuff, and like mm-hmm. dig out trenches to like deliberately make it harder. Yeah, I do remember hearing actually because I had like teammates who were um, younger that had done it, and they would like walk like hose down the course. I'm pretty sure mm. so that it would be like really muddy and horrible. So. That's authentically Oregon, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's all for the photos. Just the photos of the kids, actually. just like covered in mud afterwards. Yeah, it just wouldn't be the same if it was easy. Oh yeah, that's uh, speaking of uh, our good friend James Randon. He has. His Gatorade commercial photo from Nationals. Oh wait, really? Have you ever seen that? No. How have I? Oh, never seen it's that? like a photo that like somehow Gatorade, the company, got a hold of. Um, but it's like him drinking Gatorade after I think NXN. Mm-hmm. But he's like covered in mud from head to toe. <laughs> little little baby high school James. Oh. Yeah. They used it in like some sort of advertising or something. It just makes <laughs> pictures. That's why they do it. So yeah. yeah. Well, we we I cannot believe we've been talking this long and have not gotten to the biggest race that you've run recently. Um, your slowest mile. Very I, important. I, very impressive. I know. I was waiting for you to say that. Um, it's. I have to say that one took years of dedicated training it's been a dream it's been a goal so i was glad to have finally accomplished a what was it i guess is it technically sub 37 minute mile it was 36 57 held out for like i know three seconds it's tough you know it really takes a lot out of your body i okay i have to say i was so inspired when i saw your video of you running to do it in your like near your place in Brighton or- yeah I just did it around like yeah. there's like a pretty easy one mile loop uh I will say th- let this be my public statement on the matter like I apologize <laughs> <laughs> I, I this was fully a joke I did not think that anyone 
was actually going to do it. it was like a, be, deep, uh, be dumb enough to actually do yeah. it. Yeah, it was like a play on like, oh, all these gimm- And actually, it's a question we've asked on the podcast before of like, what's your best like gimmick mile pitch? Um, but it was just like, oh, I literally woke up Friday and was like, oh, I want to think of just like, what's the craziest, most random things you can do in quarantine? This was on the TGIF. Just to like, right? What'd you say? This was on the TGIF list, right? You had like, yeah, it was, it was one of the things on my TGIF list and most pe- and like multiple people were like, you should do the slowest mile one actually and see what you can do. And I'm like. <laughs> I guess. And yeah. And then Chris Chavez was like, you should post about this on Sidious. And I'm like, if you want, and the, like the rest is history. Yeah. But I, I think it's great though. Cause it was like legitimately challenging yeah. to go that slow. Like it was hard. My quads are absolutely destroyed. I don't think you could have done it without me, Molly. No, I won't. I couldn't have because Izzy was like coaching me. Like you have to go slower. I kept telling like, her to slow down. So <laughs> Well, it's funny because the the two like things that I've gotten most about it are like people like really accusatorily being like, "My friend said this was so stupid," and I'm like, "I agree, it is stupid." <laughs> you know, it's like people expect me to like really passionately defend it, but I'm, I'm like, "No, this is dumb. No one should do this." <laughs> um, and then the other thing I get is like people like sending me videos of like other people's smiles and being like, they're touching the ground. Like yeah. what's your judgment? And I'm like, I don't know. There are no <laughs> oh, rules no, for this no, stupid no, made up no, thing. No, like slow mile police. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I think it was, um, Oh, uh, Reed Brown who ran oh, for ooh. Oregon slash Wait. maybe still does. Like, no, you know like, why he did that? It's because he messaged me that he was like, oh, look at my friends did an hour and 20 for their slow mile. And I straight up like told him, I was like, dude, you guys are straight up walking. Like, <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to say is like, they were totally cheating. But at the same time, I'm like, honestly, if you have the wherewithal to like, waste an hour and 20 minutes of your life like (laughs) you've accomplished something in and of itself yeah well because that's just like physically spending that much time to do it like I was getting just like mentally just so ready to be done with it like it's like out there for 37 minutes I feel like it's like weirdly like buddhist or something of like oh you have to focus on like committing to the absurdity and how nothing matters, like really nothing in life matters. Oh, all of a sudden you've reached enlightenment doing your slow smile. Like David, I'm gonna use that as my new philosophy. Just commit to Yeah. <laughs> well that's a there's there have been proposals for other crazy things, to, challenges to take on. Oh no. And a lot of them are way more painful. Yeah. and unpleasant than <laughs> just running a really slow mile so yeah I don't know I just I think it's great though because I kind of like you have seen all of like the virtual challenges or whatnot and I just like I was so not about the push-up challenge I got challenged to so many of them and I was just like I'm not gonna do yeah. this like don't, I don't get me started on the koala challenge because I'll start talking <laughs> shit about and get back to them <laughs> It's okay. I I don't have anyone in my life that I could be crawling over like that anyway. Unless I did. You can do it. Is he? I don't think you could hold me up. I think <laughs> holding Molly. Molly could not hold me. Up. It would just be like bad either way. 
So we're not going to try it. I've already. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah. I don't need to like tempt fate on that <laughs> you one. See it ending so poorly, like so soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just. It is impressive in core strength, but it's like, could you find a less uh, nauseatingly coupley way to demonstrate yeah, your yeah, awesome yeah. core strength? First trappy way to just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh boy, that's a. Uh, do you have any other insane challenges either of you planned for? No, oh, I don't know. I feel like we take it one day at a time. I just really haven't been challenging myself that much. Uh, <laughs> so. Whatever. Just really striving for uh, mediocrity during yeah. porn. <laughs> that's uh, that's self care. It's not being laziness. It's self care. Self care. I agree. Yeah, I feel like you can only self care for so long. There's only so much <laughs> self care I deserve. Well, the one that I don't even want to say this publicly because, like, my coach is going to hear this, but. <laughs> Um, your coach, John, is trying to no. goad me into this 200 mile week. Oh, no. This is why this is really are you, on. why is this becoming a thing? This is okay for the listeners here. My coach, John Green, normally in all other aspects, a very like thoughtful, like, like plans things out, doesn't do crazy things. Very rational. He is always very like controlled about like my training and make sure that I'm not overtraining. A couple weeks ago, he comes to me with this idea. Molly, I think I want to run a 200-mile week. <laughs> when he is actively doing zero running. Like, he took a bit of a break from running, so he is doing no running at this point. Molly, I want to do 200 miles. I'm like, that is dumb. Don't do this. Now <laughs> we've gotten a lot of the male yeah. runners of Boston in There's a group text idea. that has been started. Oh, no. <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday on... So at Tracksmith, we were doing like these Zoom calls to pretty much just like stay connected. And this became one of the topics of this 200 mile week. And they were now I'm assuming this must be going um, in the group chat, but they were deciding whether or not it would be like who could do it in the least amount of runs or if you had to do it, like who could complete it fastest. Oh, what? So it's not hard enough in and of itself? No. And then no, someone said, like, do you think you'd run, like, what, six-minute pace <laughs> for 200 miles? No. No, thank you. No, I'll be doing zero speed, zero workouts if I do this yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, because what is it's, like, 28 miles a day. 28 well, point something. How do you even split that up? Like, 214 miles? Yeah, I think what you'd want probably want to do is you'd probably want to front load a little bit while your legs are still fresh mm. you definitely want to double or triple yeah i think you would have to triple see honestly. i i know exactly how this is gonna go though especially if like say like lou or or jeff who are both like mileage hogs that's lou serafini and and jeff Stilos, both tracks with runners very big into mileage or i guess jeff is yeah. but they're going to like do this 200 mile week the day they finish, they're going to be like, my legs don't even feel that bad after running a 200-mile Oh, that's 100% what Jeff will say. Yeah. It's going to like, that's going to be it. Dunzo. So. See, my thing is that Lewis, maybe he'll be mad at me for saying this, but like, Lewis will totally be the person that like is super gung-ho for the first like yeah. four days. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, I just stopped. I agree. <laughs> and then I'm so cool. Like... Stupid. I'm the king of being competitive about like 
stupid things like this. And so, like, I know no matter how much pain I was in, like, I wouldn't let myself not finish. Yeah. You're going to be crawling your way to that 200. Oh, God. Are you considering doing this? I'm considering it. I promised myself. So, basically, I have this weird like dead zone right now where I'm t- I took a little break after the run for your Grand Prix mm-hmm. and I'm theoretically running Chicago if Chicago is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have this like weird, like four to six weeks where it's like not enough time to like really do any new full chunk of training, but like too much time to just take downtime until I start my buildup. So I kind of want to use it for just, like, stupid stuff. <laughs> just objectively dumb things. Well, yeah. I mean, and this is definitely fits that category. In that case, go for it. Um, we'll be cheering you on. <laughs> What's the most miles you've ever run, run in a week? I did 120 in my buildup for the trials, um, which was, like, hard. That was hard at altitude. Um Oh, yeah. That was just like different. Um, but you yeah. Do seven days, right? Yeah, yeah, seven days straight. Um, but like I handle mileage pretty well. It's it's adding in the workouts too. Like if I think I could do one twenty like without workouts fairly easily, but it's like trying to fit in these big like marathon specific workouts that you're just like. There were days in Flagstaff that I would literally like finish an afternoon run and just like lay on the pavement at Rachel Schneider's where I was staying and just think like I literally can't do this my body is so tired I can't physically keep going yeah I like the way my coach does training is we do like up week down week Mm -hmm. so like when I was at the peak of my marathon build up the way it worked out is like for the most part my harder workouts fell into down weeks but then, like, there was one week where I was, like, both high in mileage and had a really hard workout. And I was like, yeah. this is <laughs> very different. Yeah. Yeah, because what did you top out at um, for your mileage when you were doing uh, 105. I, I never did that much in college. So it's, like. But, it, but kinda... I'm almost more impressive, like, doing that while working a full-time job. Like. I, like I well no like Mommy, legitimately I but I was a plucky barista oh. but um, I don't I I, I don't I, spend that much time on my feet at work so like that helps like I don't know how people that have jobs that are in any way like physical or like retail where you have to like stay on your feet like that I think is just so ridiculous yeah I think if anything though like still like you have to get up quite early to do your runs and if you're doubling it's going to be late after the work day like you're still expending mental energy like I definitely notice when I'm like not having other jobs just how much more I can train and just how much harder I can train so like and I like with the Hackett sisters too who both um ran the trials and who I trained with quite a bit they're both full-time accountants I'm like I could not even imagine trying to like do mileage and workouts and marathon train like just trying to like file taxes. Yeah, that's been I will say one of the happy like side effects of the quarantine work from home situation is like it's so much easier to just like like I probably am working about the same amount of hours and there I'll work later 
yeah. a plenty of days, but like the that's because like there will be days when I can just like kind of sneak out and do like two easy runs in the middle of the workday, which I would never do before. Because I was seeing that where so many people that were doing that run free Grand Prix were setting like huge PRs or just running super fast. And I think it makes a lot of sense because everybody probably has like very rigid workday schedules usually. And now they have time to just like run. So well, I think I said this before, like, I think it just comes down to sleep. Yeah. Like not having to commute in the morning means that like I just get an extra hour of sleep every night. Yeah. How long is your commute usually? Uh I mean it's like 45 minutes, but like That's... if I don't have to go anywhere to start my work day at like yeah. 8:39, then yeah. that very much makes it easier to like and then also you don't do anything at night anyways, mm-hmm. so it's like I might as well go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's just living like pro runners yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. How has it been for you guys? It's been like pretty decent, honestly. I personally don't love working from home because I feel like I'm just not as productive and I get distracted super easily. But it there definitely is that like nice luxury of like you kind of do get into a rhythm of like waking up a bit later and like getting to do your runs when you want or like wearing pajama bottoms on your zoom call that's that's gonna be the hardest thing to readjust to is wearing a shirt and tie every day yeah that i and i actually do like a lot of days i'll just try to like put on real clothes to like try to convince myself that it'll make me more productive i don't really know if it actually yeah i feel like you're out like pretty on point in quarantine i i still try to make myself feel but (laughs) that's it's important to have like weird stuff like that like I've been trying to make my bed every day yeah which I don't normally do and it's just like a weird like organization control like I have some sort of like control over my life thing you know of normalcy one thing I will note is even if you're not putting on like real clothes if you put on shoes I feel like that wait what (laughs) putting on shoes definitely makes you feel more like you are like working because you can't put like your feet on the couch you know I I don't keep my computer in my room and I try not to do work in my bedroom I think that's been really helpful well Mm. I just bought on Amazon this desk that you (laughs) now that you say that I bought this like little desk that pretty much can like sit on your lap on a bed or a couch (laughs) it's like a breakfast in bed tray lap desk it's amazing I've had it for one day and I love it honestly I feel way more productive already so um that definitely yeah having just like a flat surface definitely yeah so how was being in Wisconsin versus being here? Because you both were, were back yeah. home for a bit of Honestly, time. It is. I enjoy Boston way more. Yeah. I will admit our mom's probably going to listen to this and be like, what? Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just like we since we live in Fenway, it's just like even though obviously you can't be like seeing people, there's still a lot of people out like walking around. The weather's been beautiful. Um, and it's just nice to have like variation. We live in like a pretty rural area in Wisconsin, so there's just nothing to do. Honestly, it's already like you're in quarantine. One yeah, month, it's so. like there's just so much more energy in yeah. Boston, and yeah, it is kind of like in Wisconsin, like every day is quarantine. Like, it honestly, when you live in the yeah, country, it doesn't feel that <laughs> because like you're not gonna be going anywhere anyways. So yeah, it it's 
it's more obvious here that like we're in a global pandemic, but um, it's it's like so much easier to run. Mm-hmm. I feel like. And now I have my rollerblades. Yes. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, my roommates have been going on walks a lot. Yes. Now yeah. that the weather's nice. Yeah. The-, oh, the weather's been gorgeous. And so, like, it's nice to just, like, be able to just go, like, sit outside even. So, yeah, obviously, like, things are pretty, like, grim right now. But it's, it seems like, I don't know. A lot of, of people are, like, out, like, in the parks, like, sitting six feet from each other, like, it's- well, do you think it makes you more grateful? <laughs> like, oh, um, I always say that this is why like Boston summers are the best under normal circumstances, which is like everyone in Boston in the summer is like so grateful and happy that it's like nice out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I think that there's like an element of that that's been extended to like the pandemic too, where it's like, yeah, it's like you go out on a walk and like everyone who is outside is like so happy to be outside, you know? Yeah, yeah. except then people start screaming at you for not like wearing your mask properly. So all that good yeah. just evaporates. I've been pretty lucky. I've been, the honestly, the shittiest thing is that like all the densest outdoor areas are all the best places to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, well, river... Jamaica Pond. I have now, I didn't realize there's a path uh, along like the wharf, is it, I guess? Yep. And so, yeah, I'm now discovering places in Boston that I never knew existed. Cause it I- is good to, to mix it up if yeah. you're like really running. Cause like when I'm at work, like I'll run from downtown a lot. Mm. And so, like now that I'm at home, I'm like, I need to spice up my roots because like yeah. I don't have that variation. Yeah. Exactly, and that's. I feel like Izzy's getting more of a chance to do that because, yeah. like, for me, like, I can kind of go wherever I want. Like, I, for normal easy runs, like, I have the luxury of like driving my car and just kind of like running anywhere. Whereas I feel like when Izzy's yeah. working, she's I'm a little bit like, more like restricted. So yeah, this is her. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm becoming a high mileage girl now. Um, oh, I yeah. maxed out at sixty nine miles. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I was very specific out of being not 70 but 69 and then this past week I did 65 which that's so high for me Molly and I are very different runners so <laughs> I was like there's nothing else to do I guess I'll just go for a run or like I guess I'll run two extra miles um my body hurts also but yeah now <laughs> I'm like might as well so discovering new places we went to what was it Battle Road Battle Road yeah um yeah, so <laughs> you were so mad at me. Oh my god, I like uh, we'll laugh about it now, but <laughs> I can assure you. So John can attest to this. We get out of the car, and like I had not been feeling great. I did a workout on Saturday, and this is like the first week that I'm also doing workouts in like six weeks, and so. We are doing our long run, and I was like, I'll probably do like maybe 10, or it's a 13-mile loop. And I said to Molly, I was like, we can't go faster than 7.30 pace. Like, I know that usually I start out fast, but like today, that's not going to happen. I don't want to go faster than 7.30 pace. She said, okay, that's fine. We get like three miles in, and we're going probably like seven flat pace, and I am don't feel awesome. And I said, Molly, you said we would run 730s. And she was like, no, like, I kind of just really wanted to hammer this long run out. Like, maybe run some 60s. <laughs> I was just like, 
this is a 13 mile loop. <laughs> and it, it was either like I turned, I was seriously considering just turning back and running like six miles. And then I was like, ah, I probably should just like tough it out. And then John also is like coming back to running. He hasn't been running a ton. So John and I are in like the same boat. Molly looks fine, feels fine. And then John and I just suck it up and we're pretty much tempoing for this long run. Um, we did hit some, so it was like sub 640 for a bit. So I survived, but I was very mad. And we should say for, for those who aren't Boston people, like Battle Road is like, trails winding like not super hilly but like the first eight miles of it are not particularly like flat or easy running (laughs) and then we did get onto like a bike path but it also was like slightly uphill it was great because then molly turned off and john and i we like just did the 13 mile loop and immediately after we turned off we both just like slowed down a ton (laughs) And then we're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> In my defense, though, once we hit Minuteman, so like probably like eight miles into this run, like Izzy and then, John were, yeah. were one-stepping me. Then, I, I yeah. knew they were pissed. And so I was like actively not trying to push the pace. And they were like hammering then. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's At that do point, it. then I like needed to prove a point, I guess. No, I, <laughs> I, I will say I have been the Molly so many times because I'm a little bit of a half-stepper, and I also am notoriously bad at knowing pace on easy runs. I'm pretty good at pace and workouts, but, like, I will not, if I'm not looking at my watch, like, I don't know if we're running, like, 6.20 or 6.40 or 7.30. And so as a result, like, Jeff will have that happen all the time where he'll be, like, he'll be like, we're running slow today, and I'll be like, cool we're running slow and then he like won't say anything but then as soon as we get done he's like oh i wanted to run slow and i'm like i would have slowed down you didn't say anything yeah well see i think our problem is is that izzy and i have like opposite running styles in that i'm usually pretty slow out of the gate i like to really start slow and then like build it up through so i'm like cruising by the end whereas izzy is fucking guns Guns blazing. Out no, you can you can swear time. on this podcast. Trust me. Yeah, she just like drops me like a bad habit on the beginning of almost no, every run. I definitely. So the thing is, like, I used to never wear a GPS watch, so I just had no idea what pace I was running. Um, and like, there are definitely times where I'm like not comfortable, but I'm just like, ah, oh, this is probably the pace I should be going. No, that's and, Izzy's like key move. Yeah. Is like. Oh, I only want to run four miles today, so I'll do them all in six minute pace. <laughs> like, oh my god! So now, but now I'm definitely like after running a sixty nine mile week, um, nice. my my body just like hurts. So I actually do you get it now. <laughs> now I get you, it. You understand why I'm, I'm really, so slow on now every I shakeout. understand. So I had a friend. Um, Matt Fisher, who I don't think listens to the podcast, but um, Obviously, he not your then. <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to live down the street from us, and we'd run together a lot. And like he would do runs pretty quick. We'd run with Lewis a lot, and Lewis usually does runs pretty quick. And I never want to be the person that's like slowing everybody down. So whenever we'd run together, I would always start runs like way faster than I was comfortable because like I didn't want to be the difficult person. And then like, I don't know, probably 
a year into us like running together a couple times a week, he was like one day just like, why do you start all your runs so fast? <laughs> and oh, I was no. like, this is what I thought this is what you wanted. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's like such a difference for me from college because we had some girls that would just hammer on the ND yeah. team. And now I have like the luxury of being able to start at like eight minute pace when I want to and not feel ashamed about that. So yeah. I was so sad actually, because even though that long run, we ran it so fast, my like overall average time wasn't even impressive because our first mile was like eight minutes. See, so. that's what I when you said, <laughs> oh, we're going to run 730s. I'm like, I'm totally good starting at eight minutes, yeah. 730s. But then once I get three miles Whoa. into it, I'm like, okay, now I'm warmed up. Let's start the run, yeah. <laughs> which we did. Which that we- is the nice thing about, I think, like as much as like training on your own or mostly on your own can be like very lonely at times, there is something super nice about like actually being able to listen to your body yeah. and being like, I'm going to run really slow today. Cause that's what my legs want me to do. Yeah. Well, no, cause I feel like I would always kind of like get roped and like not necessarily doing like what my body needed on that day. And yeah, just kind of trying to be like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like I don't want to like cause trouble or whatnot. So yeah, obviously, like, it's awesome, like, having training partners and having people you can run with. So maybe it's more about just, like, being communicative about what you're Yeah, about. I feel like in college, too, it's, like, any group run you go on, some people are going to be feeling good and some people are going to be feeling bad, and you never default to the slowest pace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that It's funny because you say, yes, I do go, like, out guns blazing on runs, but in college, I was always the one that would just be, like, we need to slow down right now because we, yeah, our team. You must have had some real psychos on your team. No, (laughs) sorry to any of my old teammates. Um, But we definitely like, I, I always would just be like, and because you could tell a lot of the younger girls were like way too uncomfortable to say it. So I'd just be like, okay, let's slow down now. So yeah, I, we had intense debates in college over like what the appropriate easy run pace was. Mm -hmm. And our, like uh, our coach, like, the correct like correctly would basically be like easy paces whatever like your body wants it to be like you should be able to be recovered for workouts and that means different things to different people but of course to like a bunch of like young 18 to 22 year old like men that's oh so i'm right regardless of what anyone else wants (laughs) so like we had guys that like insisted that like 7.30 pace was correct easy pace and guys that insisted that like six flat pace was correct easy pace and it's like and of course everyone no one can come to the conclusion that like you're both right I feel like at any one time there's probably like five message boards on let's run like about that same thing about like what is the true easy pace or like what is the proper easy pace probably like yeah, I don't know. It's just whatever the hell you want it to be. Like That's the correct answer. <laughs> uh, so have you done anything, like, I guess not running-wise, but just, like, life-wise? Have you gone – have you done anything out of stir craziness in this, this environment that has really I, – I feel like the most common ones I've seen, usually among men, but, you know, in fairness, are, like – I've seen a lot of bleached hair. 
a lot of mustaches. There are people around our neighborhood with just so like a lot of people with bleached hair, and I was wondering why that was a thing. But yeah, I guess that's like boredom. Equivalent of like getting bangs. We haven't done any irrational haircuts yet. Yeah. Um, I I I bought a lot of plants for the apartment. Yeah, we got a plant for our apartment. That's a good one. Um. Other than that. Yeah, I feel like we really haven't done. Well, see, so that's the thing is like Izzy's life has obviously changed her working from home all the time. My life, like (laughs) as a pro runner, as sad as this is, it hasn't changed all that much. Um, You're just forcing yourself to be disciplined versus society forcing you to be disciplined. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, because that was the thing is like when everybody got like shut up inside and it's like you have to just spend all this time at home. It's like this is kind of what pro runners do. Like obviously like super glamorous, but it's like, yeah, you do your training in the morning and then you just kind of like have to like chill and let your legs rest and like hang out at home until you do your next run. And then you go to bed early. So it's like, yeah, like other, like obviously the whole like entire track season being canceled and Olympics postponed thing is like a major bummer. But it's like, other than that, my life hasn't changed all that much. So yeah, I feel like I've been just as unproductive as I usually am. Um, <laughs> she gets her naps. I get my naps. Daily. She gets, yeah, she does get to take like a nap every day, which is really nice. Which is really I'm, nice. I'm a terrible I napper. Nap I couldn't. Not you're not a good napper. It's it's a skill. It's a skill like Molly anything. Is so good at napping. I I have a tight sixty minute nap. Like if I'm really tired, I I'll sometimes do like the post coffee nap. Where it's like you have coffee and you like lay down half asleep for like forty five minutes. I no, it's not that I because that. I would do those in college, but then you wake up like almost feeling like you've just taken cocaine. You're like, <laughs> ah, I gotta go. Um, but no, it's like it's very relaxed. I have like my routine down, so I have to wear earplugs and an eye mask. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're like a heavy duty napper. <laughs> no, it's because I think it's almost like Pavlovian at this point. So like when those go on, like my body <laughs> yeah. knows like oh, it's nap time. And like, I go in my room, shut the shades and I fall asleep. And it's literally like, I don't need an alarm. 60 minutes. I'm like up. I'm like, man, that was a great nap. Yeah. That is a good skill. Yeah. Molly has like in, so our apartment, like one of the bedrooms is really dark and one is really light. And so I have the really light one and Molly has. Uh, I'm in your boat. I need natural light. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like having the light, and like we both have eye masks when we sleep. And my room is definitely not like dark at night, but Molly's room is a straight up pain. <laughs> that that creeps me out. I don't like yeah. <laughs> like blackout shades sleeping yeah. and like. Yeah, no, no, it's perfect. It's just like I'm I sure you sleep better. At the bottom of the Marianas yeah. Trench. It's <laughs> wonderful. Molly sleeps amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy has a horrible sleep disorder. I'm like, I'm like awake all night, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, between the yeah. amount of coffee I drink and the fact that I like my room to be well lit at all times, yeah, I I definitely probably am not doing my sleep habits any favors. But. Like I love the aesthetic look of my room because it's very light and bright and like white. Yeah, and probably not the best for sleeping, but it well, I actually good. like like. If you're well rested, I like waking up to like light versus yeah. like an alarm. But I agree. if you're not well rested, <laughs> you're just doubling down. Yeah. yeah. If you're not well rested, yeah. it just sucks Sorry. either way. <laughs> yeah. No. But 
I don't know. So I, I love my cave. Nobody can convince me otherwise. Yeah, it's funny because actually like back in Wisconsin, Molly was having trouble like back at our like house that we grew up at. Um, she was having trouble sleeping because our like when we redid our house, our parents like had a skylight put in right above Molly's bed. And it's hell. <laughs> Which is like, why? Um, and so they had to get like this special shade so that it was like blackout so she can sleep. So there was no point in putting in a skylight, essentially. But yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. And say my room is super light at home. So I guess that's just what I'm used yeah. to. Yeah. Fine. If anything, the the main point in this podcast is everyone should be sleeping in pitch dark caves. That's see that this is the kind of message that yeah. you need to get out there. Yeah, that that's what I want people to remember about me. Not that I'm a plucky barista or that I can run a 37 minute mile. <laughs> that sleeping in total darkness makes Olympians. Is where it's yeah, at. Is a great napper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, queen of the naps. Yes. I will say that kind of was one of the things I was thinking about. And actually, Izzy, I might enlist your help in this. Um, given that you uh, obviously have known Molly for a little while now. Yeah, just um, a <laughs> and Molly has done so many podcasts recently. I feel like I have the, the unfair advantage that I can just hmm. pitch it to Izzy and say, like, what is what does the world need to know about Molly that, like, no one has thought to ask? Oh, man. What does the world need to know? I or, like, or Molly, what's a question that you've yeah. been like, why has no one asked this yet? Why does no one care? Um, I personally, like, think that nobody has, like, everybody keeps asking her about, like, like tell us how the race went. Um, but, like, and I did, I was on another podcast, podcast debut, and I talked about, like, kind of the day um, and, like, or after the race I guess and just like the fun stuff nobody asks you about Molly the person they only ask about Molly the runner and (laughs) (laughs) And Molly's a super fun person so yeah I don't really know if there's like a specific what I don't know if that's like a great thing to like be talking about like on podcast because I feel like everybody wants like the inspirational like stuff of like I guess, like, running, so many people see it as, like, this deeply, like, spiritual, like, meaningful thing about, like, oh, like, what, like, deep insights on, on like, life did you gain from, like, yeah. running that marathon? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just as dumb afterwards as before. They don't yeah. want to hear about, like, man, like, how fucked up did you get at the after party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we don't have to talk about that on the air. Like, when they... I just will never forget when they kept like wiping off. There was that big like chalkboard with all the beers on it, and they just kept having to like cross beers out because we were like draining the bar of all of the beer. So I don't. This is dangerous territory because I'm gonna have to start admitting how little of that bar I remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a good. Yeah, topic. I will say though, like that is a big thing that I struggle with in terms of like things because. I would also argue that the flip side of that is part of the reason why people ask about like Molly, the runner, not Molly, the person is that like, I do think there's an understanding and a desire to be respectful of the fact that like, you don't owe because your job is your performance, but it's also your personality. Like you also don't owe every aspect of your life to your audience, you know? 
And I well, think one are, of the you like, are the first podcaster to probably have assumed that though, because yeah. I feel like I've had a lot of people like really step over the line sometimes. Oh, with, yeah. like really? Stuff. Oh yeah. I, I think part of it is is like I've been very open about like the difficult aspects of my life over the past like several years. So now it's just like game on for anybody to <laughs> ask me about that at any time. I literally had a woman at the supermarket like one time like real like start talking to me like oh like you're that runner or something I read about you I'm like oh yeah it's so nice and like boom like hits me with like really deep like mental health stuff I was like we're in star market right now like (laughs) I don't really want to talk about this right here Um, (laughs) well it's funny because I was also going to say there's the flip side of that too which is like I I think some of the most interesting aspects of like the conversations I've had on this podcast are well we know that like they usually have nothing to do with running but also like I've talked to people about like like the relationship that like your relationships have to running which I think is like a really interesting and like minimally discussed aspect of the sport and like obviously like some of the sort of you know mental health challenges that folks face even just like I think it's hard you know, I've had some great conversations with some guests about, like, being a gay athlete and, like, the stuff that comes with that. And I think that, like, exactly what you said is, like, you kind of want to frame it as, like, oh, inspirational, hard work, blah, blah, blah. But, like, no one wants to be the person that, like, goes on a podcast and it's like, yeah, it sucks sometimes and I don't yeah. have an answer for that. <laughs> yeah. You know I just thought of actually... This is a question not so much about Ask Molly, but I think you should ask us about our brother because nobody yes. ever asks about <laughs> our brother. And he's arguably the coolest Seidel. He's the best Seidel. And everyone just only knows the two like, of us. And this was similar in high All school. Right, well, what you guys don't know is that the Fritz episode is going to come out right after no. this one. Oh, that's what the people want. Yes. <laughs> so is our brother. He's my twin. And it, it was similar in high school, I would say, because we were obviously like both runners and two. So it was always like the Seidel sisters. And, but our brother is not a runner. Um, and like, he like never wanted to be a runner, nor will he ever be a runner. And he, though so he does is, run. Yeah, he does run though. Um, he's very into like weightlifting, which this quarantine is really putting like a halt in that. But he, he, he lives in Milwaukee. Um, and he's like the social center of his friend group and of the whole city I would say like a really cool person like probably too cool for us so (laughs) yeah he Fritz is like the unsung um hero yeah so if, if all marathons happen and my brother, like, whatever after marathon celebrations or, I don't know, whatnot is going on, people should try and find Fritz Seidel because he's much more fun to hang out with yeah. than <laughs> is maybe. Yeah. So. Well, I think it is good to have that, like, balance to, like, I don't, your, your parents aren't really, like, they, they didn't come up and running, right? No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, they did and, not. <laughs> Like, my dad ran in high school, but, like, my family's not, like, a, like, running family. And I do feel like it's really, wherever you get the balance, whether it's, like, your family or your friends or your significant other, like, I do think it's important to, like, have that balancing factor of, like, the person that's kind of, like, supportive, but, like, not, like, wake up, go to bed, breathe, running, you know? Oh, no, I 100% believe that. Like, I 
I love having parents that know nothing about yeah. running because it's like, regardless of how it goes, like no matter how I had finished at that, those trials, like my mom would have been jazzed, like yeah. regardless. And same thing, like Fritz is like, I don't know, no matter where I'm going and running or what I'm doing, he's like, like he's excited for me, but at the same, like at the end of the day, like it doesn't change his opinion of me by any means it's like I'm still just yeah. like his sister like, so we in all honesty were at the trials to like have a party that's how the title <laughs> that's, how the that's title a good attitude like everybody was like oh my gosh like you had the big molly faces and like the sweaters and all that like we were just there to have a good time so <laughs> and then like it ended up being the best time so yeah we, that's just like how our family is the one like it's funny because our parents aren't runners our mom is the most fun sidle of all the sidles. She's like kind Painfully of fun. Yeah, like it's. I don't know how she had kids that are like as boring as us. <laughs> like we're they're just there to like have like this fun experience. Like cool, Molly's running her first marathon. Like also, we definitely like knew there was a chance that she could qualify, but it, it was a a lot of it was just like we're gonna be there as a family and like there's gonna be a party. Like, oh nice is an excuse for us to all be in the same place. Yeah. yeah, well that's what when mom was like when Izzy was saying like, oh yeah, the watch parties at like Georgia Beer Garden. She's like, Beer Garden. Beer Garden. Yeah. <laughs> and like with the the big like Molly faces, our mom just is like, we need to have these. Like this would be so amazing. So like the week before the trials, she's just she sent me like probably 40 pictures of Molly's <laughs> face of like which one should we do like yeah this and, is just, and I'm glad the cowboy Molly yeah and cut. that was the one that I was like so I my, our mom didn't want that one and I was like we need to have cowboy Molly and that became like my like uh, that picture. I need to put more yeah. cowboy Molly up on uh, social my okay. if people don't understand you can go look at finish line pictures of Molly and you can see in the background Little cowboy Molly face cut out. It's Damn, like, I'm gonna have to make like a whole list of like the photo album we have, the visual album. accompaniment to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. The lit, the photos that go with this are me in the turkey costume, the Seidel family doing shots at the Georgia Beer Garden after the race, and cowboy Molly. And cowboy Molly, and like a well, a picture of Fritz too, and a picture you of Fritz. Yeah. Like, so the most well, So yeah, it's it is good. Like. Like, I think the balance between, like, parents being, or, like, your family, close people, whatever, like, being supportive, but also, like, not really caring, <laughs> I think is really important as well. Exactly. Like, we cared, but we also didn't care. <laughs> you want them to be happy, yeah, but also, care. like, tomorrow Molly was like, I'm going to retire from running. They'd be like, that's cool, too. Yeah, they actually I'm probably sure. would be, like, thrilled. Like, oh, thank God she's getting a real job. Finally. <laughs> like, but you ran yesterday, Molly. Like, you don't, like, why do you need to run again? So Yeah, yeah. she doesn't understand the concept of doubling, either. That just kind of still blows her mind. Explaining that. I remember one time I like slid that into conversation with my coworkers mm. and like they were so confused. I that's probably you had the same experience that I had like with my Tate coworkers who are all like arts students at Berkeley or whatnot. Like they just like don't comprehend like what like, why one, why I would want to run for a career and two, just like what it entails. And like, no, so like yeah, I just like go to races and just like run them they're like for your actual job I'm like, 
Yeah, go figure. People will pay me to do that. <laughs> Honestly, it even like doesn't sound fun to me. You know? <laughs> Explain the concept of a shakeout. Like not just, oh, yeah. we're going to run twice in a day, but like I'm really tired from my run this morning and it will make me feel better to run more. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is like something only a runner would get. Yeah. yeah. So, that's why I only hang out with runners they understand me man. it's funny because I do feel bad that like kind of all of our friends are runners but like we're cool runners I like I think you need both like I, I mean obviously I am very all in on like a social group of runners slash I'm dating someone who could basically be my first like, perfect training partner <laughs> like, oh that's the real reason yeah right it's all in it for the mileage but like i think that's a i used to be like feel weird about that of like oh i should have more non-running friends but i also think that's like important too to be like what's the point of like pursuing this whole like crazy hard thing if like you're not gonna do it with people you love yeah. you know like, it's so fun to uh, – one thing I miss so much is, like, being at the track house and everybody just, like, kind of coming in, like, rolling in around, like – Wandering in and out. And then, like, going for a little shakeout along the river. Like, that's just fun. Well, and I think Boston, like, specifically has just, like a, like, a huge community of runners and just, like, a really fun community of it. Like, yeah. saying, oh, yeah, I only really hang out with runners, like – that's still a lot of people yeah. in Boston. Like yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not lacking for new people. Yeah, exactly. Like different social circles, like a variety of people. So I don't think that's necessarily like limiting or so like, I don't know. Everybody, like everybody's got their social circle. Everybody's got their deal. Like yeah. just because we all happen to do the same yeah, thing. That's kind of how I feel. It's like we, I feel like we have such an amazing group of friends which you obviously are in our friend group and like we all just happen to run. So I think there's also like one thing that I like to think that people just like grow out of is like I do think that most people we hang out with do have a solid perspective on like the balance yeah. of like um, running and like we don't often hang out with the people that are like, you need to be a hundred percent all the time. Like running yeah. saved my life. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think any of us believe that like running is like this existential, like, yeah. The yeah. All. yeah. Like Molly, yeah. the professional runner here is still even like, yeah, like, Molly's one of the most. I mean, I guess I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've seen Mo- your guys's fridge. Molly's a uh, big fan of beer. We're uh, so beer if anything, fridge. I think I kind of like and meat. It was really funny doing my build up in Flagstaff because Flagstaff is like next level. Like you go there to like commit to running, and like everyone out there was getting ready for the trials. Yeah. Like all in, people had gotten like like live in nutritionists for themselves. Like weren't eating sweets for months and then like I'm literally having a beer like every other night or something and Rachel's like wow like are you like you're sure you want to like drink beer in your marathon build up I'm like yeah "Yeah." so I'm gonna like (laughs) well I think it's funny like I feel like I heard that so much from like when our Boston friends go to flag they come like they come back and like I don't want to speak for everyone but like a lot of people that I talk to, it's like, oh, how is flag? And it's like, oh, like the training was good, but like, it's kind of boring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> nobody like, like hangs out in the same way that like like Izzy was saying like you just kind of like run into people and hang out with them all the time in yeah. Boston like yeah it's kind of like a monastic lifestyle and it's I I in the past like I definitely was more into that like when I was in college and like thought that that's what I needed to do to be like good at running and then it's like no like balance isn't like yeah like having balance isn't the worst thing like there's a place for like social stuff and like yeah I don't know it's just about finding what works right for you for some yeah. people well and I think like in. I worry about this sometimes or like that like there's some like young people that like listen to this podcast and I always like <laughs> want worry sometimes where I'm like I don't want to make drinking seem too oh cool. yeah <laughs> Hey, but like worry. Molly drinks a lot of non-alcoholic beer. Yep, yeah. I, I am technically sponsored by a non-alcoholic beer company. Yeah, I just like perfect. But yeah, no, I do think like my sincere perspective on it is like I think you totally nailed it, nailed on the head. Is like you have to go through like being serious to then find balance. And I think like when we talk about balance, it's like balance goes every which way, and like. The reason why, like, a lot of, you know, mid-20s to mid-30s runners seem more, like, quote-unquote, chill is because, like, they've just matured, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it's just, like, realizing that you don't have to be, like, type A about everything to, like, be successful. Yeah. Or just to, like, enjoy the sport. Yeah, I think it's more than just, like, I have to run my miles and live this monastic lifestyle and then I'm going to be great. It's like, there's still like, you might be better if you're actually like happy yeah. and like hanging out with people. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. And that also like, like when I was, you know, 18, 19, like I was terrible at self-regulating. So at least I self-regulated, like at least I was bad at self-regulating in the like less self-destructive <laughs> direction, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> Now, hopefully, our brains are a little bit more developed. Yeah, exactly. Oh well, on that, per- that's the perfect note on which yeah. to uh, end this. But uh, we we wrap up every episode with the same uh, three questions. Um, we ask every guest. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, give you a little little time to to think about it. But the first one is uh, your Instagram crush, um, which doesn't have to be like a crush in the literal sense. It doesn't have to be Instagram in the literal sense. It's just it's like, her phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what it can be like someone you think is really cute. That's fine too. But like, it's just like, what's something that you're like really into on the internet these days? Oh, okay. Something, well, something that I specifically am very into, and I'm going to steal this right from under Izzy's nose is, <laughs> Bon Appetit uh-huh. videos um, on YouTube and all of the Bon Appetit accounts yeah. on Instagram. I'm a big Brad Leone fan. Basically, it Bon Appetit is like the fancy food magazine, but they have great YouTube content. Like great YouTube content. Um, was it Claire yeah. Saffitz who does Saffitz gourmet makes? Like, crushed. yeah, she is just the best human. So yeah, check out. Any of the Bon Appetit related content, My hours, dad. yeah, hours I, of watching. I will say, I don't watch the videos, but I did make Bon Appetit Noki this weekend, and it Ooh. was so good. 
The videos are so entertaining. Like I am in love with all of the Bon Appetit chefs. So those yeah. are all my Instagram crush. I just want to be their friends. Yeah. yeah. Sounds okay. good. Your turn. But I, I'm going to piggyback off of Molly <laughs> and just say that, yeah, like my two that I absolutely love are Claire Sappitz, who does gourmet makes, and then Molly Baz, who I don't know what her segments I, are, but she's she just amazing. has the best jumpsuits. So she's the best friends. <laughs> So yeah, jumpsuits are a good you yeah. know policy overall. Yeah, mm-hmm. so look those up if uh, you're in need of content. Nice. Um, I'm really obsessed with this uh, Instagram account. Did you guys ever watch the nanny when you were little? This sounds really familiar. I mm, wait. I, I think I've seen one. They is like the what is it the lead in or what the theme song for it? They literally like explain the entire yeah. Movie. Show, like in she was summer. working in barbershop in Flushing Queens when her yeah, brother kicked like- her out. One of those crushing <laughs> scenes. Um, oh yeah, I know that one. Yeah, so great sitcom, Fran Drescher. But like the iconic thing was that she had like she would always wear like the craziest outfits. And there's an Instagram account I think called like Miss Fine Fashion or something that like basically oh, is just my. like documenting every episode every outfit she wore on like every episode of the show and it's oh, just like it's like 90s nostalgia Ooh. in a nutshell man i feel like i could use a little bit of 90s nostalgia right now oh yeah <laughs> all right our next one is uh your go-to karaoke song someone hands you the mic it's your time to shine what are you going with mine is definitely um september by earth wind and fire Great uh, choice. I will be getting married on the 21st of September. We've already planned this out. It's in a calendar. I can't remember what year. It's so, yeah, there, there you go. Year is flexible, but it's going to yeah, be September like, 21st. It has to be September 21st. <laughs> it's on like a weekend and I want to say like 2025 or something. So TBD have not found the husband yet, but I do have the date. So Perfect. So mine is... Mine, actually, I had it as my karaoke song before, and it was super obscure, but it has experienced a renaissance of sorts with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I love the song Brandy by Looking Glass, and then they definitely used it in, like, the second (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy, so now everybody knows it, which is great, um, because it was just very random beforehand. (laughs) I just love, like, the weird, like gravelly low voice or whatnot that you have to do i there's definitely a video of me like singing that like at a friend's wedding and yeah that's my go-to so brandy by looking glass take on me is great Ooh, take on me that's a good although the problem with that one is like hitting the hard the high note (laughs) yeah (laughs) a little easier for girls than guys i can definitely hit (laughs) i believe in you i'm just saying it's it's definitely not uh not easy that's for sure (laughs) i've never seen guardians of the galaxy but i will stick with that theme anyways and say uh escape the pina colada song is a good one (laughs) (laughs) i Uh, i really want to see you do that (laughs) i think that's first on the list as soon as we uh get a tracksmith karaoke going after yeah the first hair hang is just gonna be karaoke for hours All right, and last but not least, uh, your death row meal. If you're going to the chair, today is your last day on earth. 
what are you eating? It can be anything. Yeah. It can be as fanciful or as realistic as you like. Is I'm he... so glad that you asked this. I need to redeem myself. Okay, background on Izzy's last podcast that she did. She was given this question of like, what would your last meal be? And she just goes, Who is stealing my question? What podcast is this? Well, no, it's good because her answer, Izzy loves English muffins and cottage cheese, two of the most neutral foods. <laughs> like, I I really like these. So like I guess cottage why cheese did I and English say muffins. That? Those are, that would be a horrible last meal. So I'm gonna redeem myself and say, um, Honestly, it would be like anything that contains French fries would definitely be on it because mm. I love French fries. There would be some Japanese candy. I am obsessed with Japanese Kit Kats and right now Pocky sticks. So it would Ooh, be Pocky sticks are good meal. It would be an assortment <laughs> of my favorite things. Just a rancid so, collection. <laughs> which that's like how I eat, honestly. <laughs> I just like eat snacks all day. Um, so definitely like French fries and Japanese confectionery candy and probably like frozen custard. So there Ooh, you have it. Yeah. That is a combination. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there'd be bread too. Like I love <laughs> Meredith Rizzo's bread. <laughs> Meredith Rizzo's bread. That would be it. That, that sounds good to me. Her sourdough bread. So okay. What would you be, Molly? I love really nice sushi. And despite the fact that it's egregiously expensive, like this is I would, your last meal. This is my last meal. So I would get some fine ass nigiri and sashimi. Just like go yeah. to town on that. Fanciest everything. Um, I super agree fresh. with that. Yeah, actually, I would totally. It's just, it's sushi. so good. Like re- there is nothing better than really, really good sushi. Yeah. So I, I would get a sushi boat, a full yeah. boat. Molly and I would get a sushi boat and then we would go down together. Yep. So <laughs> go down like the fiddlers yeah. on the deck of the Titanic. Bella and Louise, you're driving off the cliff, but you have sushi and like the dashboard. And we're just like cheersing our yeah. like little like <laughs> little soy sauce cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I will say, keeping it going, um, the Noki I made this weekend was freaking mm. delicious, if what I do say so myself. What'd you say? What was the flavor of it? it Did you have like some like? So it was it in a like it was pretty like simple, straightforward gnocchi like potato egg flour, but it was in a uh, like Parmesan herb butter sauce. Oh, oh! And it was just like the way I like basically like as I was cooking the gnocchi, like just was wrapping in like more and more like parmesan and butter so it was just like really like sticky and cheesy and it was just so good it looked impressive it took forever so i feel like maybe that's a good death row meal because like it'll get like a couple more hours (laughs) make the note (laughs) but it was really good uh i was proud enough of it to send a photo to my italian grandmother so oh wow that's that's impressive Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for for coming on and testing out this uh, new recording format. This was oh, so yes. much fun getting to. I'm like come so at you. glad. Like yeah. I've been waiting to do this since like February. So. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys again, um, and stay well, stay safe, uh, keep that mileage up, and <laughs> uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth.